We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. sitting down with Human Nuri, who has 5.5 million subscribers. Yeah, by the time we launch this thing, it's going to be like 6 million. La- la- 5.6 million. You know, you know the, the, the last one we did, I think you had three, yeah. which is uh, very hilarious. I was I, I was editing that video, and I'm like, man, like, I really, like, can I, like, chop in, like, more more authority here? You know, like, this is getting, like, completely insane. Uh, look, this guy's an absolute wizard on YouTube. Whether or not you are doing video content Highly recommend. Listen to the podcast. We dropped some gold nuggets of wisdom as it relates to content creation, virality, engagement, marketing to the human element, SEO, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. If you're a marketer today, or even if you're not, check it out. And without further ado, here's a great interview with my good buddy, Mr. Human Nuri. Talk a little bit about like where are you at currently on on subs, on you know, YouTube presence, like what, what are your stats look like? Cause it's, it's actually pretty fucking mind blowing for sure. Yeah. Well, my name is Human. Uh, great to meet everyone here over the podcast or the video. If you're watching, um, I, I've been a YouTuber for the past, uh, five years now. I started a channel on YouTube in 2014. Uh, I do prank videos, uh, basically a candid camera show and, um, started off as zero subscribers, of course. And now I'm at, I believe five point uh, 6 million subscribers and you know I have some of my videos uh, my biggest being uh, the shampoo pranks that I've done and the biggest uh, part has 123 million views on YouTube so damn bro that's that's, that's what 5.5 mil subs top video 123 million views um, what are you on, on IG? You have like a mil on IG too, right? Some crazy shit. A million on IG. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He, he's like, yeah, I'm just fucking bawling. So, uh, so, so when it comes to like social media and making things viral, I think you've, you've got a pretty good formula. So let's do this. Let's kind of take it back to the beginning for a minute. Can you talk a little bit about like, where are you from? You know, where were you born? Like what, what was your childhood like to got you to get you to like this, this crazy, understanding of human psychology and you know like viral dynamics I guess you could even call it yeah for sure um I was born in the country Iran uh or you could call it Persia um I was born there and we moved to America at the when I was I believe 12 or 13 in the year 2007 and um off the bat you know I'm, I'm from a brand new country I don't even speak a word of English I'm not used to this culture um, the way people dress, the way people uh, make friends, um, everything was super new to me. And then I actually moved to America a month before my freshman year in high school would have started. And it was so tough. It was a complete sh- uh, culture shock. But as time passed, I sort of un- understood how to make friends. I-, I started to pick up a couple of words in English. And then it, t- it came time to 
sort of uh, plan ahead. So all my high school friends were talking about what college they wanted to go to and what job they were interested in getting. And I had just spent the past couple years of my high school just figuring out life and like how to make friends and how to fit into this new country. So while everyone's, you know, talking about these fancy colleges and working for these big fancy companies like Google and whatnot, I was trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I was lucky enough to stumble upon a few different books in in business. And I started to experiment with different jobs that I got, whether it's working front desk at a gym, just working with people and not really doing anything else. And then eventually getting a sales job at a gym, doing um, working at a restaurant, just, just doing physical work. I started to realize that, you know what? I don't know what exactly I want to do in the future. But what I do know is that I don't want to work for somebody else anymore. Whether it's at a restaurant where I'm working for the owner, where I get a fraction of what the owner makes every day and puts in his own pocket or working for a commission where the gym I work at or the or the company I work for gets the uh, most of the the revenue and I get a small fee uh, labeled uh, cutely as commission so that's what I knew and so after high school as all my friends are going to college I did try college a couple times community college a couple weeks and I just couldn't do it I hated the idea of spending my life and my youth sitting in classrooms for three, four hours a day, listening to a teacher I wasn't able to even connect with on a personal level. I I did not enjoy that. So I left and I was trying to figure out, all right, what can I start um, as my next thing? And so I wanted to open my own business at a mall, selling little rings and and watches that I would import from China. That didn't happen because I needed needed a $12,000 budget to start with paying them all their fees and getting the kiosk, getting my first inventory, and I couldn't do it. I didn't have the money. So then, randomly, uh, I stumbled upon this video about that, that talked about how much money YouTubers were making during that time, and I had personally uh, been watching so many YouTubers during my high school because that was my like getaway. That was the only fun I would have every day because I would come home miserable from school because school sucked for me. I was constantly bullied, made fun of. Uh, they would call me a fob, which stands for fresh off the boat. It means when you're new to a country. So I would come home, you know, super depressed, miserable. And my uh, 20 minutes of getaway to, to this fantasy world would be to watch YouTube videos of guys picking up girls and guys, you know, living a cool life like these vlogs. And there was one YouTuber particularly named Vitaly, who still has a channel to the same name, Vitaly ZDTV. And he was the, the first prank channel to start. And Long story short, I I would watch him all the time, and one day I saw a video of him buying his first exotic car, and it made made me think, well, this guy and and I seem very uh, similar. He also moved to America not too long ago. He uh, He hates school, and yet here he is living in LA at a fancy place, hanging out with celebrities, dating beautiful girls, and now he just bought a cool car. So I dug deeper and realized, wow. This so-called being a YouTuber isn't just some random thing you do like having a Snapchat account, but it's actually a career, or at least it has the potential of being a career. So I, w- I wanted in, dug deeper, uh, figured out how to start a channel, and next thing you know, I'm borrowing my friend's camera because I couldn't afford my own. I'm going into the apartment complex's uh, computer room where they would have three free computers for the apartment tenants to, to use, and I would upload my videos there. few weeks passed. Experimental videos, trash, no views, people talking smack, saying they suck. But little by little, uh, from day one at zero subscribers to where I am at now at 
five years later, I built my my channel from one subscriber, then two, three, four, five, and then eventually after a few months of making these horrible videos that would just flop, I had my first viral video. And that's where I, I no longer had any doubt that this could be my career. Uh, before then, I was I was kind of experimenting. So once I had my first viral video, it became obvious that, you know what, if, if I do uh, figure out why a video goes viral, I can replicate this and have every one of my videos go viral. And of course, that sounds completely stupid because how can you guarantee a video to go viral? But now, in 2019, I'm one of the only YouTube channels in the world to have 20 videos that have been posted back to back and every single one has 10 million views and up. And to your surprise, I never spent a dime on any sort of advertisement or promotion. It's all organic people. And if I could just quickly share how I was able to do that, it's it's not by some magically getting people to come to the video from, let's say, the search engine. It's by understanding why people share content. So I so let's say the video would, would have normally gotten a quarter of a million views. I was able to make those uh, quarter of a million people share the video with their friends on their Facebook and Twitter, getting me two, three, four, five times more views per person that would have normally watched it. So talked a lot. Hopefully that answers your question. So here's the mic back to you. Yeah, I, I love it, brother. Uh, so, so there's there's a there's a few segues we could take from here. Uh, let, let's let's rewind just uh, just a little bit here. So, like that resistance that you were getting when you were first starting out, right? That that's really demoralizing because I think a lot of people want to be influencers, or even if they don't want to be an influencer, they realize that in order to make more impact in the world, you know, it's 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 all about exposure, right? Gary Vee calls this expo the exposure effect, where it's it's not necessarily about you know having like the best brand. It's all about getting the most eyeballs on your stuff. So, but, but the downside of that is, is you get hit with this, you know, I call it like, like the, the, the dirt, the muck, the mud that you have to kind of go through of your content, not being quite what you want it to be, right? Your, you know, your thumbnails not being that great and just, just general, you know, vitriol and hate from the internet that it tends to be kind of like a testing ground, if you will, for creators that I see a lot of people not make it through that. So how did you go about, you know, as you're getting these kind of negative comments and what was the headspace that you went into to keep yourself going, to keep yourself pushing? Because that, that's actually a pretty long and arduous period. So got it. Uh, a great question. And to answer your question, I mean, when I first moved to America and keep in mind, before I even moved here, I didn't really have the best life. I had a, you know, as, as a kid growing up, I had a really tough uh, childhood at home with my dad being abusive and all that, my parents constantly fighting. So when I moved to America, that made everything even harder. Now, at least back home, you know, I had close friends I was best friends with and I would talk to. And for a 12, 13 year old, you know, having cool friends and having a decent life, it means a lot. You know, I'm not old enough to understand, you know what, it's it's only uh, right now that my life sucks. In the future, I'll make it better. A 12 year old doesn't think that way, right? When I moved here, it was even harder. So I would have days where I would come home from school and my parents were so poor when we moved here where for the first, I think, year and a half, maybe even two years, we would sleep in sleeping bags in the apartment. We, uh, I remember making myself uh, uh, ramen noodles from like a uh, dollar store for lunch and put in there like Costco uh, frozen corn. <laughs> Just, just to add some more texture. So it, it got really, really tough. I remember I couldn't make any friends. Uh, my first year, I, I, when I came here, I had a crush on this girl in my PE class, but I couldn't talk to her because I didn't know how to use words to talk to her. 
and I didn't even know remotely how to even flirt with this girl. So I would go home, and I'm not joking with you, for days in a row, I would cry myself asleep because I was so frustrated by being poor, the, the culture shock, being alone, not feeling attractive enough to, to, to actually befriend this girl. So when people say when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way to go, and it's up. If you go any lower, it's just suicide. And 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 I feel like anybody when they're when they're younger, they deal with those thoughts. But I feel like in my case, it was very very powerful and very emotional. And I, I didn't have like a best friend to talk to. Me and my family weren't that close. I don't have a very big family, so all these emotions were kind of just locked in myself, and I didn't know how to deal with them. So. I was just desperate, you know, looking up, looking for a ladder to climb. I didn't care where it was leading because I, I was so low in the, in the bottom where if I just saw a ladder, an opportunity that seemed like it was steady and, and firm, I would I would have taken it. And of course, there was a ladder of going to school, which I just didn't enjoy and it didn't seem like it was going to go anywhere for me in my case. So that ladder wasn't an option. I worked at restaurants, sales jobs. Those were okay. But again, I was making somebody else's dream come true. I was I was collecting pocket change when I was the one doing all the work at the front desk uh, or getting the gym membership signed, closed and signed up. So the second I saw YouTube, and I, I thought to myself, so you're telling me I get to work for myself. I get to do what I want and enjoy it. I get to work whenever I want and I collect all the money and I get to be famous. So finally, I get to be loved and appreciated by people. Ha! All those high school friends of mine are going to look at me now and be like, wow, we should have talked to him, man. That girl's going to think, wow, I should have given him my number, you know? So the second I saw that opportunity, there was no doubt in my mind. And, you know, if, if, it, if I wasn't going to succeed, I knew in my mind that I would go back to rock bottom probably living with my parents in a two-bedroom apartment with four people. And even four years after I, after I moved here, when, when things were a little better, my dad got a job at a gas station, so he was making some money. But even then, the bed I would sleep on had a very thin mattress. And to make it a little more comfortable, we had cardboard boxes underneath the mattress. So in my mind, there was no other option. It's either I fucking do this or I'm going to kill myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the shitty life I came from, be so depressed, to the point of actually going through with the, with the negative thoughts I had in my mind. So thankfully with YouTube, every single day I woke up, there was new progress. Every single, you know, I was even as a brand new channel, every single day I would wake up, the video would have one more view. I would have one more comment. So it was very clear to me that every ounce of energy I was putting towards this thing, this little seed, I did see slow, very, very slow, but but steady progress. And that made me even more hungry. It made me even more excited to keep pushing forward. So curious to see if this ladder would be the ladder to get me to my dreams. And I would sleep every single night dreaming about owning a Ferrari, just opening that Ferrari door and getting inside, uh, being famous, being appreciated for my work and being loved. And more importantly, just being happy, man. Because like, like most most kids these days, I see them. I see them complaining about not having their favorite jersey or not having the latest phone. I just wanted to be fucking happy. Like I just wanted to come home from school, not see my parents getting into an argument, not see my dad complain about how he regrets the fact that he's he's moved to this country where he gets to work at a gas station. Uh, you know, I just wanted to be happy. And, and, and with this whole YouTube thing, it just worked out great because I was making money and I was uh, little by little getting closer to my goal. 
I love it, brother. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty intense journey. And, uh, you know, a lot of the lessons that you learned during that journey, I mean, that's, that's from zero to, again, you know, 5.5 million subs, you know, 20 videos back to back with 10 mil plus views on each, 120 mil views on the top one. That's pretty epic. And you, you took a lot of those those lessons and you, you've put them together into a course, which we'll talk about here in a minute, which, you know, I've gone through and it's, it's just absolutely excellent and phenomenal. And maybe we can do some sort of special, uh, special thing for the people that are on this podcast on that. That would be really, really uh, beneficial. But before, you know, we get into all that, I'd, I'd really like to talk about a, a couple more things that I think are really fascinating that, that I've noticed about you that you do really, really, really well. Uh, and so this is going to be kind of like a little bit of a, a behind the scenes kind of thing, because I think the people that find this podcast that, that have listened this long are already really bought in, right? They're bought into their own success. They're bought in to building something. And, uh, you know, this, this isn't for everybody, right? This is for those people that, that are really actually going to do something. So uh, the question here is going to be kind of, kind of one that I actually haven't asked you before. And let's talk a little bit about crafting the story. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're very selective in how you position your content and in how you create your content. It's got a certain set of elements to it, which we, we've touched on before in previous uh, pieces of content that we've done with you. But how do you go about really looking at the human psychology element and going, what's going to click here, including, you know, how you structure the video, uh, the topic of the video, and you know, how, how much research do you do up front on that? And then what do you recommend that people do that they're probably not doing or not thinking about doing with their content? Like what are the common mistakes? Especially with, with the age and, and, and day and age we're in right now, the, the internet is so oversaturated with people that are content creators as in they're, they're trying to be the next big uh, vlogger or be the next Gary V or, or whatnot, where it's a lot harder now to get, put out content and earn a following which makes my strategy even more effective. So the way I look at it is, when you create content on social media, it's not about what kind of content you wanna make, it's about what people wanna see. So you only get to pick the genre of, the, the general genre of the content you wanna make. So let's say my own channel is a pranks channel. You know, I always see pranksters or other YouTubers think, yeah, what's my, what's my next original idea going to be? What video do I want to make next? And maybe that's, that's a good mindset to have being original when you're, when you already have millions of subscribers. But as somebody who's new, it's going to be so much harder for you to, to earn a following by being original. So what I always recommend is create content based on what people want to see. So you want to use tools to dig into the internet to see what people are searching for the most in the genre of, of videos you want to step into. So if, let's say you have a channel about fitness. Well, maybe you want to make a video about how to get bigger calves, but maybe this week on the internet, according to Google's uh, data, uh, how to lose arm fat is getting a ton of views, maybe like 50 times. And this is not an exaggeration. There's times where we call it, we call it a breakthrough topic where one topic like phrase, uh, how to lose arm fat is getting 50 times the views of, let's say, how to get more, how to get bigger biceps. Well, let's say you're, you're, let's say you're in the fitness space, right? And you're, you're on Google trends. So what are the things that you'd see that would help you differentiate? Yeah. So Google Trends is just is one program. There's of course VidIQ. There's YouTube's it's uh, YouTube's own search box. So let's say you want to see what's uh, trending on YouTube. One way is to just type in 
how to fitness and see what keywords pop up after as number one, two, three, four, five, six. So let's say you, you found out that uh, according to the data, it's uh, how to lose arm fat is getting a ton of views. That's one way. Another way is to split test with your own following. If you have, you know, 50 to 100 subscribers, so you post 20, 30 videos and then you, after about a month, you go back and see, look at those videos and see, to see which ones are getting the most views. And then you, you keep, you keep that going. You, you stop making the videos that got very low views, even maybe, even though you, you might have enjoyed making those videos and you keep making the ones that did get, get a lot of views. And of course, you want to communicate with your own followers, the ones that did subscribe to you and say, Hey, you know me as a guy who's in the fitness industry. Uh, what videos do you want me to make that you would share and you would watch? Because the goal is for them to watch it, right? You make the video once and you leave it on your channel for the next 5, 10 million years eventually. You might watch it three more times, but it's the uh, potential millions of viewers that, that would want to come. So you want to make sure you're you know, you're making a video that, that would get searched for by as many people as possible. I love it, dude. Super sick. So to, to expand on that, you know, that, that, so a lot of trend catching. And I think the content creator trap is a really good thing that you mentioned, right? Because uh, I think that combines very well with the resistance idea, right? Because when you create something that's like truly original to you, and then people like really, really give you a lot of shit on it, it feels like, like you kind of destroyed a part of your soul. But if you're a little bit more of a marketer about it, if you're a little bit more formulaic about it, it's actually, I think a little bit easier to go through that resistance period because, one is you're definitely going to resonate with more people across the board. Uh, number two is because it's something that you're doing formulaically, you're not as personally attached to it. Like you still have that element to it, but it's more like a fun, cool thing you're doing that you're imparting your own colors on it, but it's not like necessarily like a part of your soul um, that, that you're kind of putting out there, which uh, which I think makes it a little bit easier. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this course that you did. And I have a couple more uh, things I definitely want to touch on from a content basis. Specifically, one would be what separates 5.5 million subs from somebody who let's say maybe only has 10 to 100K. But before we get into that, talk a little bit about uh, YouTube Mastery and kind of what you did with that and the journey you went on to to create this thing and and why people should check it out. Because I think it's actually a really unique moment in the history of time to have you know, someone on this podcast that, that has 5.5 million subscribers, that's a lot of subscribers, and such utter consistency, and then took the time to take that formula and and break it down. I mean, that's, that's a truly unique thing. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So ever since I hit about like half a million subscribers, I remember I started getting a lot of emails and uh, Instagram DMs of people saying, hey, I've been subscribed to you since you had 10K subscribers, or I just found your channel and I'm so inspired by you. Can you teach me YouTube? Or they would straight up have a question. Um, hey, uh, I make very similar videos to yours. I'm inspired by you, but mine don't get views. Can you watch them and give me some feedback? And you know, I, as somebody who came from nothing and didn't have mentors, didn't have family members, didn't have friends that loved me and cared about me, I feel their, I feel their pain. So I would sit there and email them back, even though, you know, it would be inconvenient for me to individually email these people back, but I would try my best to email them back and they would give me this wow response and be like, whoa, like I did not, I wrote you this, I wrote this email to you, but I did not expect a response. So I'm really thankful. Thank you. And then, but as I grew more in size from half a million to a million, two million, three million, now almost six million, the number of people that hit me up are a lot. 
and I could no longer sit there and individually answer them. And especially because when they email me, it's about one question or I, or I get to send back a general response breaking down one topic. But what about the rest of my knowledge, the rest of my, my, my strategies and what I can teach them? So uh, a friend of mine said, hey, if, if you're so passionate about helping people and if you're good at what you do, why don't you create a course? And with my, with my limited knowledge of the English language, I was like, what's a course? And he, he introduced me to, to this new world of these entrepreneurs that have mastered their own business, their own lines of work, and they created a product that aspiring people or new uh, the beginners in that genre would, would buy and learn everything from them. So the, 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 the image I had in my mind when my friend was describing this to me was basically someone who wants to be a YouTuber, who's sitting right next to me and he's vacuuming all this data from my brain and then putting that data into his own head or her own head. So that's the image I had in my mind when I started creating this program almost two years ago. I wanted every ounce of information, every strategy I ever used or I currently use on my own channel to be vacuumed out of my brain and through videos and content put into this program that I can give access to these aspiring people that want to be a YouTuber or maybe they're already a YouTuber but they're not happy with the results they're getting. Maybe they don't understand how to get their content viral and get seen by millions of people. So that's that was the idea and it took me two years to perfect it. Um, this, the, same, the same way how if you look at my channel now, I have 62 videos on there. You know, 62 videos in five years isn't many and that's because I'm a perfectionist. I will not create a piece of content and release it to the public unless I know that piece of content is perfect. I'm not very good with feedback. I don't like being, I don't like people telling me my videos suck. So whenever I create something, I put a lot of work into it. So the videos in the program are all high quality in production, but as far as knowledge and information, my goal was to give them everything I have in a step-by-step fashion, almost like they're looking over my shoulder, basically like I'm holding their hand through their journey on YouTube. So that's the idea behind the whole program. And I've had a few uh, students so far, and um, I'm, I'm very proud to say that I'm seeing them I'm seeing them success. And the same way they would get back to me in an email and say, wow, thank you. I'm also getting the same email saying, wow, I joined the program not knowing why I was struggling with my channel, why my awesome videos weren't getting views, and now they are. So thank you. I dig it, brother. Yeah, you have some great testimonials on there too. And uh, what we're going to do for the listeners of this podcast, we're going to do a special discount, and I'm going to pop the details and instructions for how to get that discount down below in the show notes. Definitely jump on that because as a part of that, we're going to include a rare opportunity for you to potentially get mentored by whom and personally in a group format. And that's really exciting. That's something we don't usually just open up for people and a really, really rare opportunity to, to, you know, get, get an inside scoop on building a massive following, getting massive engagement. And one thing that you said that really resonated was, you know, how you foster engagement around your content, right? It's, it's not just, hey, plop it out there and then, you know, and then leave it alone, right? You mentioned like one of the big differentiators for the way that you create stuff is what is it, what is going to get shared, mm-hmm. right? So can you talk a little bit about, it? Let, let, let's say the person listening right now, let's say you're listening and, you know, you have an okay Instagram account, right? Mo- the majority of people have an okay Instagram account. How can they make, you know, with respect to just IG, uh, how can they make that account a little bit better to get a little bit more engagement, a little bit more shares? You know, is it, how much is it about the content? How much is it about, you know, the SEO, if you want to talk about that? Like, what, what would you do? Let's say, you know, someone has 10,000 followers and they want to 
They just want to try and get to 20K. Cool, for sure. Yeah, Instagram is much easier than YouTube, I would say, to grow on. Um, so one one most important thing is to engage with your viewers. And I've seen so many pages, massive or tiny, that, that want to grow, that don't engage with their, with their current number of followers. So if you're somebody that has an Instagram page for your modeling business or your fitness or your personal, if you post something and you get 50 comments, there's no reason for the 50th comment to be to have been posted five hours ago for you or an intern you've hired to not have responded to that. Engagement is huge. Your, your page will not gain another new 5,000 followers if you can't even engage with and handle and offer value to your 50 followers. So the second you get a comment, it's hard to get people to like your picture and comment. So when they do take a step forward towards you, if you're not taking a step forward towards them saying, hey, thanks for your comment, here's the answer to your question, or here's my uh, response to your to your feedback, then no, then the future people that come to your page and see that you don't you don't respond back to comments or you don't you don't engage with your fans are very unlikely to follow you. So the biggest one is engagement, engage with your uh, with your uh, followers, and not just by commenting back. Even when you post something, I've seen people. Very smart people post a picture uh, of, of, of anything and, and, and the caption is this essay about them talking about something. Even if I'm in love with that person, even if I have so much respect for that person, I'm very likely to comment on that post because what am I going to comment about? But if that person was to write the paragraph the same way they did before, but end it with a question asking for my opinion, now I'm very likely to, to engage and comment because people, if we know one thing about people, it's that they love giving their opinion. They love being heard. So when, as, when I, as somebody, people respect and people follow, say, hey, um, here's my thoughts about this. What do you think? I want to know your thoughts. And I'm not just saying that just to say, I really want to know your thoughts. Comment in below. I'm going to answer comments. Uh, and I want to talk to you. So guess what? In every out of your fifty followers, you might get twenty five people commenting, and that boosts your engagement. The IG algorithm sees, wow, this tiny page with fifty followers is getting a lot of engagement. Let me recommend this page more to to more people on the browse feature. So engage with with people that follow you. Um, gamify the way you write captions. Ask questions, and then of course there's like you mentioned, there's SEO. Uh, the IG algorithm, the same with YouTube algorithm, the same with Facebook or Snapchat algorithm has no idea what a piece of content is about when you post it. When you post a five minute or a 20 minute or hour long video to YouTube or Instagram, well, one minute, just cap on Instagram for videos, the algorithm itself has no clue what this video is about and what audience would appreciate watching this video. So through SEO, and if you don't know what SEO means, it stands for search engine optimization, you give the proper data Basically, you speak the right language to the algorithm to give it a better understanding as to what this video is about and what audience is likely to enjoy and, and watch this type of content. So by using tags for Instagram, by using tags and the way you word your video title and what content and, and words you put in your description, you communicate with the algorithm, you speak the language of the algorithm and say, hey, algorithm, this is a five-minute video long about fitness. Please show this video to a fitness audience. So that's three ways to grow. Dude, that's that that's super sick. Um, super sick. Okay, so to, to kind of unpack that SEO question a little bit more. So 
I, I think this really ties into this topic that I mention a lot on the podcast, and that's called the human element, right? This idea that, look, we're going to have robots, we're going to have smart glasses, we're going to have all sorts of stuff that's going to replace anything that can and will be replaced, right? Like humans want to evolve by default. Um, our general nature is to build systems. Like there's a reason we built the wheel and then a car and then a plane, you know, now spaceships, right? So we're going to continuously evolve. But uh, one of the philosophies that we kind of reiterate here is this idea of the human element and marketing to the human human element. And that, you know, it, whether that's in 10, 25 or 50 years, that's going to be one of the few things that's really truly left for marketers to even do in the first place and for content creators to actually do in the first place, right? Because take landing pages. Landing pages are uh, actually split tested a lot now through machine learning, through AI. I think content's going to be fed through a lot of similar pattern recognition systems very, very soon. Um, there's going to be companies coming out that are scanning, you know, all the top accounts, looking at consistencies between those accounts, uh, figuring out what's, what's triggering the most growth within the marketplace, and then trying to replicate that content from a purely um, analytical standpoint as a machine. So uh, I, I think what's really fascinating here is, you know, you're talking about real human connection, real human engagement on uh, platforms that are often very numbers-based, right? So for, for those of you that are listening, don't get so caught up in getting to, you know, 5 million followers or, or what have you, or even 50,000 followers. Uh, the question you should be asking yourself is, what is the quality of the five people that are my truest fans? What's the quality of the thousand true fans that I already have in my network? And how can I foster engagement with those people and with people that are similar to that? And so, oh, you know, I, I brought up a topic uh, before we, we talked about YTM and we'll, we'll kind of pivot back to that is what is the differentiator? Because I truly believe that this human element thing is one of the differentiators, but not the only differentiator between someone who does, let's say 5 million subscribers versus someone who has like a hundred thousand subscribers but are releasing the same amount of content because i think that's a really big point of frustration for people is you know you look at uh, people that are very prolific and you try and catch up to those guys um you know take like gary v ty lopez etc they put out you know grant cardone they put out a lot of stuff uh, and and it's very difficult because there's a whole production side that most people don't see and, and you know there's a whole management structure and uh, all that behind it and so people get i think really frustrated that they, they, they can't be a gary v without realizing that, hey, there's a whole like machine behind it. Um, and they're trying to put out the same amount of content. And in some cases, you have two guys side by side that one person is releasing a lot, but getting very little traction on it. And then another person's releasing a lot less, but getting a lot more traction on that. So uh, with regards to this question, like, let's talk about like post potency, I guess is what you could call it, like, like how to make it to where you have a bigger hammer. Like, like, what would you do if you're someone who's releasing stuff consistently, but just not really getting traction on it uh, across the board? You have to find a balance between quality and quantity. So my, one of my biggest problems, and like I said, I have 62 videos on my channel after five years of doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy with that, but I think it could have been better and has more videos. Mm -hmm. So by, by saying uh, find a balance between quality and quantity, I'm saying if you if, if you have a channel about makeup, if you if you make videos about makeup, and I'm a 12 year old girl that's now starting to put on makeup, your goal should be the next time I think about the word makeup, whether I'm at school with my friends or I'm at home getting ready to go out with my mom, I need to think of you when when the word makeup comes up to my mind. Now, how can you get in my head um, as a first 
source of uh, makeup content that comes up to my mind. It's not by posting awesome quality videos, but with very bad consistency because then I'll think, oh, well, that's right. Who man posts really good makeup videos, but last um, his his last video was like six months ago. So I, I don't even, I won't even bother to go check out the channel right now. Um, and there's another girl that posts every day, but the videos suck. They're very short. They don't make sense. The production sucks. So find a balance. Make really awesome videos in whatever genre of videos you're in. As in, go find the competitors that are leading the genre of videos you're you're into, and find out why their videos get views. Put a piece of paper down, write down everything that comes up to your mind or scan the comment section to see what people are complaining about and what they're happy about. So, wow, really funny video. Cool. Very entertaining. Write that down. A great production. Cool. 4K video, good lighting, good editing, uh, good text on the screen. Great choice of music. Cool, cool. Uh, thanks for posting early in the morning. Cool. Figure out the best upload time. You, and, and once you do that, that's going to help your video quality. But then once again, you have to have a reliable upload schedule. As in, you have to be there like a reliable TV show. Whatever your TV favorite TV show is, keep that in mind right now. Think of it. Walking Dead, uh, Game of Thrones. That show would not be your favorite TV show if it was posting a video one week on a Thursday at 2 a.m. Next week at a 4 p.m. Next week after that, just didn't post at all for whatever reason. It's only your favorite TV show because when you come home from work dead tired at 4 p.m., you you know for sure at 8 o'clock you can count on your sh- your favorite show to be there with an awesome episode to entertain you and make you forget about the crappy day you had. So if you're not that person, if you're not like that, if the relationship between you and your followers aren't like that, then you're not the, then you're not a reliable uh, source of that content. And guess what? They're going to go find another YouTuber that makes the same videos as you. And maybe the uh, production value, maybe the quality is a little lower than your videos, but they're posting more consistently. So you want to find the right balance. If your competitors are doing something right, you better copy. People always say, oh, be original. I'm telling you to, to copy. You want to be a prankster? Go on my channel, copy my videos. I won't get mad. I'll respect you. Find out what works and find out what I've done wrong or what I haven't done to its best and have that. Uh, and that's the game you're in. It's it's business. You know, it's, it's, it's like swimming with a bunch of sharks. If you want to be a little fish and be like, hey, I'm going to take five months to post one video, but it'll be the best video ever. But my next video will be in the next five months that you're not going to make it. And to answer your question about the person who has 100K subscribers, to someone with 6 million, there's a huge difference. There's something that the person with 100K subs is doing wrong. And that's why he or she is growing very slow. Of course, if they had zero subscribers last week and have 100K now, it's awesome. But I've seen channels, like you said, who've been making videos for years and they're not growing. There's something wrong there. Why? It's not because they're, 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 they're just bad at that content. Because no matter who you are, how awkward you are, how shy you are, how bad you are at talking about whatever genre of, of, of videos you're making, there's an audience out there that would connect with you. There's an audience of weirdos out there, if you're a weirdo, yep. that would click well with you and not me and not the, the next YouTuber. Okay. So you failed at finding the right audience to get to to, to view your videos. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the, the, con- the topic of SEO, Find, connecting your piece of content with the right audience out there that would appreciate your video, that would watch it, that would share it. That's super sick. And that, that topic of SEO goes really deep, right? There's, I mean, there's entire companies built around SEO. And what I think is really, really cool about what you did with YouTube Masters, you really unpack that specific topic in great, great, great depth. Because 
I mean, on the surface, it's like it's a prank video, and it's very it's very easy to disqualify the insane amount of uh, architecture that goes into making that video work. So let's talk about the course uh, for a minute here and on that SEO topic specifically. What are some of the things inside the course that you unpack uh, for people? Awesome. Um, So once again, SEO stands for search engine optimization and it's the bridge you create between your content on the YouTube using the algorithm to the right audience out there. And when I say SEO or when I say, when I describe this, people always think, oh, the tag box. And, and, and that's where they draw the line. They think that's, it ends with the tag box, but the tag box is about 20 to 25% of your potential SEO power on your channel. So the tags you put in your tag box do help you connect with the algorithm and get traffic to come to that video, but it doesn't end there. The video title and what keywords you choose to put in the video title as in, are you going to name the video best pranks 2019 funniest must watch open parenthesis gets emotional close parenthesis uh, or are you going to name it like um, shampoo prank part one done the description box are you going to have your instagram facebook snapchat linked and maybe saying thanks for reviewing this video uh see you next week or are you going to use 5,000 out of the 5,000 open uh, space you have in there to put content in. And what sort of keywords can you put in there to get more views? Uh, And of course, no one knows about this. I've talked to many people about this, but I'm giving you a free little freebie here. Um, Even the words that you say in the video will have an effect in your SEO. What do I mean by that? Well, it's not a secret that when you post a video after a few hours, there's an English subtitle already on your video typed in there by the algorithm. So when you post a video, after it gets posted, if it takes a few hours for the algorithm to literally listen. It's, a, it's an AI, artificial intelligence, that will listen to the video and I'll do its best to make up the words that are being said in the video. And I'll put those vid- words into a subtitle, automatically a translated subtitle into the video. Well, that data then gets used by the algorithm to help it understand the video content better. And this is this is a, this is put in there as a system in case a channel posts a really potentially a really good video but doesn't put any tags, doesn't put a good title or description, what well, the algorithm now uh, being limited to those three things has no idea what this video is and it's just taking up space for no reason in the in the in the Google uh, what do you call that place? Uh, the ecosystem. In the I ecosystem, guess. yeah. So um, with this new system, the algorithm listening to the video, it will have an idea. Uh, for example, if you're saying the word uh, gym, fitness, biceps, lose weight a lot in a video, the algorithm will know, all right, cool. This video has something to do with fitness. Let me try and give it to a fitness audience to see how they'll react. And if the, if it does do that, and the fitness audience do click that video, do watch it to the whole thing, do like and comment, it'll show it to even more people. So like I said, um, SEO tag box, video title, description, and also the video itself. Another one is actual comment section. And I've done an experiment with this. Even the words that get commented in the comment box get picked up by the algorithm to help it understand what this video is about. So let's say you you have a channel about uh, vlogs and you post a vlog and, and you wanna find the best and most viewed vlogger at the time. Let's say Jake Paul. If you were able to get your uh, viewers to comment Jake Paul in the comment section as in, hey guys, 
Uh, comment down below who you think is a better vlogger, me or Jake Paul or Logan Paul. Comment your choice below right now. I'll be reading and responding to the comments. Now you have all these people that are commenting Jake Paul, Jake Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul in the comment section. The algorithm sees that and, and, and thinks, okay, this video has something to do with, with the Jake Paul audience because people are commenting the keyword Jake Paul. So let me try and, and show this video to the Jake Paul audience, to the same people that do watch and look up Jake Paul. So now you have a new stream of traffic coming to your video on top of your tags, title, description, and video itself. Now you have another stream of uh, traffic coming into your video. And this is sort of like a, like a, like a, um, I guess you could say a hacker's mentality, but it's very, it's very legal. It's not against the rules. It's, it's sort of smart. Dude, I, I love it, man. And, you know, that's just kind of the, the the cookie on top of the giant cake uh, that you do within the product. Again, you know, I rarely endorse too much stuff. And th this is one of those things I've gone through personally. You've mentored me personally on it. So um, if you haven't already, you know, make sure you check out the link down below. We're going to do a special offer for you guys that are the listeners. And to kind of close this out here, um, let's, let's, let's talk a little about, you know, how can people find out more about you? What's the best social media what's you know what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you yeah for sure and then going back to what i said you want to uh you want to do it the right way so if you, if your video has nothing to do with jake paul gamify it in a way where it's where it's not spamming and and uh misleading the way you ask for these comments so you want to say hey guys who should i collab with next or who's a better vlogger comment your opinion below that way you're not asking for a bunch of people to spam comments to go against the algorithm and cheat the system. So there's a right way and there's a wrong way. So do it the right way. Don't break the rules and get uh -huh. in trouble. Yes. Um, uh, I'm sorry, what was your question? Where can people find me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, got it. Socials. Got it. Yeah. Well, well, my YouTube channel is my first name followed by TV. So it's H-O-O-M-A-N-T-V. My Instagram is my first and last name. So it's H-O-O-M-A-N-N-O-U-R-I. Facebook as well is TV. And Snapchat is my first name, underscore, my last name. Uh, the, the, without the underscore, it was taken. So, oh, Vicious, vicious. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, we will uh, provide, obviously, all of the details in the show notes or in the description down below. And in, in closing, you know, look, if you're, if you're someone who's a content creator, even if you're not a quote-unquote YouTuber, right, there's a lot of core principles that apply across the world, right? An example, you know, copywriting or human psychology, whether you're doing content on Instagram, content on YouTube, or if you're just somebody who's serving clients in any space whatsoever, uh, skilled professional or entrepreneur or business leader, uh, I highly recommend check, check out the course. There's a lot of greatness in there. It's it's truly unique. There's There hasn't really been anything that's ever been released that's quite like it. And so, uh, again, I urge you to go check out uh, YouTube Mastery, get it, dive in, go through this stuff. It's going to make an impact in your content creation. It's going to cre uh, create a massive impact in your engagement. It's definitely going to get you more sales if you apply it properly. And as far as, you know, making back the money, that's, uh, that, that's a piece of cake. You should be able to do that in your sleep. I'm not usually the biggest fan of pitching on podcasts, but as you guys know, this podcast does not have a sponsor. And there's a reason for that. It's because I self-fund it myself out of my own pocket, out of my own time. And so if you want to support it, uh, you know, support the people that I bring on, that definitely goes a long way to showing some love, sharing some love. And as always, 
all of the tips, strategies, tools, techniques will be provided in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening in and joining. This is Mikhail with Hustle System, where art meets commerce. And I will see you in the next one. It really is a revolution. Listen, uh, We've never wavered from that vision. I believe we should strive to do things in this spirit. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourselves and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. There have come with incredible rapidity one electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. 